Welcome to Everyday Martial Artist, a weekly podcast where you'll join me, Brian Doucet, as I interview a different martial artist each episode and hear their story. Some guests you may have heard of and some you probably haven't. Be sure to subscribe where all your favorite podcasts are available. Also visit our website at everydaymartialartist.com. If you're listening for a specific interview, I sure hope you'll stay and check out the other episodes. A very special thank you to Topher Williams for our custom theme music. And now, the newest episode of Everyday Martial Artist. Everyday Martial Artist is brought to you by KOonline.com for all your martial arts needs. Sparring and safety gear, rank belts, uniforms, weapons, patches, and more. Wholesale supplies made by martial artists for martial artists. Visit us today at KO-Online.com. Hello and welcome to Everyday Martial Artist. I'm your host, Brian Doucette, and it's Thursday. That means it's time for a brand new guest. We're going to discuss their life and their journey throughout the world of martial arts. My guest today is a lieutenant in the fire department, and because that doesn't provide enough adventure, last year he actually reached the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro. He's also a martial artist and one of the hosts of the BJJ Brick podcast. Please welcome to the show, Byron Jabara. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, Brian. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. This is, uh, I've been looking forward to this opportunity ever since you got a hold of me. And, uh, a, I really appreciate the show. I think this, uh, the listeners out there, the, the show, I think, is a gift to the martial arts community. Thank I know you. it's a lot of hard work you do, and it, it's few people could do something like this, and I'm glad you're doing it. No, I, I'm, I'm honored to be here. Well, and I'm honored to have you on. So, well, what we do with, with a lot of my guests, we just we go back to the beginning. I want to know what was that first spark, that first interest, what led to your first interest in martial arts? Yeah, I, you know, I think all like little kids are interested in fighting. You know, I had a little brother and. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and learned a little bit about, you know, dealing with, with my, my brother. But it was uh, back in 2002, I, I started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And I think ba- back in those days and earlier in those days, everyone says the same answer. It was UFC. It was Hoist Gracie. Right. And uh, that was that was me. I mean, so it, like a lot of the current black belts, that's it's pretty much the same answer. <laughs> it's, it's I used to watch the early UFCs and Hoist Gracie inspired me to train. And uh, and back then it was, it was quite a bit different as far as training goes. I, I started with a purple belt. And a bunch of other white belts. Okay. And it was, uh, it's, it's different than it is today, but uh, it was, uh, <laughs> that's how I started. And uh, it's definitely grown a lot since then. So when, when you first started thinking about doing that, now, was there multiple schools you checked out? Did you only have one choice? What kind of led to, to you to land where you landed and start training there? Yeah, I live uh, in Wichita, Kansas, which is about, I don't know, 300,000 people, maybe closer to four. So not like a big city, but not a little town either. And, and back then there was one school. <laughs> okay <laughs> and, and and now now there's probably six or seven and, and they're all really pretty good okay wow. you know, there's a lot of good instruction but uh, back then it just it just hadn't really developed yet mm-hmm. okay and so once you started what drew you to it what made you want to stay in it i think i it was very frustrating i was a little bit smaller than most of the guys in there and and i would i would come in and i'd learn some moves and none of them would work <laughs> <laughs> as you know, like I learned a choke or, or an arm lock or something. Mm-hmm. And then I would, you know, it's time to spar and I couldn't get anything to work, you know, and, and some of we had, a, we had one guy who was, who was a, almost hundred pounds bigger than me. I was like one, one, one sixties, probably close to two fifty or whatever. Wow. And he would just toy with me. And it was like, it was frustrating. And then we had a guy come in from out of town who was my size. And he just like took that big guy apart. Like it was like, whoa, <laughs> this works. If, <laughs> if, if I, if I keep at it and it was just like a kind of mind, you know, like it opened up my mind a little bit about the, the, the techniques that aren't necessarily easy, but with, with the right practice and training, you could pull these things off. And I think that was a big day for me to watch 
somebody else deal with one of my training partners in a way I could never, you know, I couldn't do that. You know, not right. that I could never do it, but I couldn't at that time approach that uh, level of proficiency. And, uh, and that was like, well, I need to stick with it if I want to get any better at this. It's funny. You, you mentioned toying with you. That made me think of a story back in the early nineties. I, I mentioned my, my traditional Taekwondo instructor, we started adding in ground game probably around 93, 94, right when the UFC started. And we were doing, working on some grappling techniques one time in class. And he's obviously, he had a background in it, which none of us did. And he's giving us tips as we're grappling with him. And he told me to grab his toes and bend on his toes, you know? So I grabbed his toes and then he started flexing his toes. I'm holding his hard as I can. And my hand's just moving forward as he flexes his toes <laughs> with a big smile on his face. I'm like, that's not even fair, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no one's toes should be that strong i'm sorry <laughs> that's funny it was good yeah it's, it's, really <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like okay somebody else has been has <laughs> gotten good at something pretty much pretty much so what was it about that first instructor that you liked you know i know you mentioned it wasn't a it wasn't a black belt when you first started but what uh what was it about that instructor that kind of stood out you know some of those lessons you learned and stuff um it was you know back then it was almost more of a we, we fought a lot more as far as mm-hmm with each other. Like I, I say this a lot to the, to, to people like in jujitsu, we have like our spar, we call it rolling. And, and I tell them rolling is not fighting. We're trying to get better at jujitsu for ro- when you're rolling. It's right. okay to let somebody get mount and then work on your escapes or do whatever. And, and back then we were, we were basically trying to beat each other, you know, like we were all, you know, on the same quote team or whatever. But like when I would roll with, with if I, me and you got matched up, I'm going to try to choke you as many times as I could <laughs> in, <laughs> in five minutes. And, and and, and that's that's changed but he did he did provide safety uh, we, we would fight super hard and we would always you know fight the win which i think is a is a way to kind of slow down your progress but he would make sure we're safe and, and if he saw that we were being safe he would step in and, and 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 pick us apart a little bit and he had some people unlike myself have like a catalog of techniques in their head mm-hmm. that that you 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 reference a position or a technique and then he'll branch off five other things me i have a small collection of techniques i'm okay with <laughs> i got them but and both are okay right but he he was all he is still impressive as far as the the vast amount of knowledge especially about you know ground fighting that sort of thing that he has accumulated over the years yeah and if, if you if the small collection of techniques work that's all that matters i mean you look at someone like ronda rousey i mean she literally <laughs> One how many matches yeah, with, with, with one single technique for how many how many years? <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah, and that's, you're you're right about that. <laughs> yeah, and that I know. What, and everybody knew it was coming too. I mean, there was and you still couldn't do anything about it too. exactly. Yeah, like just you know, I'm going to armbar you. Nothing you can do about it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. So now, before you got into uh, BJJ, now were, were you an athlete? And was was competition something that you had done when you were younger, or was that kind I of wrestled, a new? I aspect? wrestled one. I wrestled one year. Okay. And I did a few other sports, but I I wasn't any good at them. I'm not real athletic. Okay. Because with BJJ, I, I you, enjoy you, the, the whole the yeah. whole way you advance is by com- competition, isn't it? Competition is probably the wrong word. Okay. Um, by because you don't have to compete, but we but we. We do a lot of uh, rolling, like I was saying, right. or sparring. Is, is, but um, we do a lot of that, and and I don't know if you'd even have to do that to to advance. Okay. But if you if you don't enjoy that, it's hard to enjoy jujitsu. Right. So like you like if if you you know got your purple belt and which is kind of a mid level. I don't know how other belt systems work. Right. <laughs> but right. and you go in there and you can't you know keep up with most of the blue belts with their step below, and some of the white belts are giving you a super hard time. That's a pretty tough belt to have on on your waist. Nobody wants a belt that's uh, higher than they than they need. So, al- although not everybody competes, I would say fewer than ten percent of the people 
that actually do just to go out and compete, we all kind of get to hang with your ranks as far mm-hmm. as what belts you have. Okay. So at any time since, you know, the UFC was kind of a, what kind of got you interested? Did, did you ever throw your hat in there and try, try MMA at all? No, I'm not an MMA guy. I'm, al- <laughs> I'm already ugly enough. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't need to be getting punched in the nose. And, and, and to be honest, I'm not that tough. Okay. Um, I like the, the aspect of jujitsu as far as like outsmarting people. And, and, and I don't mind dealing with like pressure and people's, you know, aggression and that sort of thing. But I, I like to get better at jujitsu. And um, it's kept me for over 20 years, basically injury free. And, and, and I, I'm just not, you know, I, <laughs> I guess back in the day, in my earlier days, we would, we would have people come in and, and, you know, some other artists, martial artists mm-hmm. come in and, and it would be kind of a, a little bit more of a scrap or even, you know, doing some tournaments in my younger days. Right. But, you know, anymore, I need my body in order to do my job. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and, and, and I could train safely as, as hard as I would like. So I just, I think I like to think of myself as not having, not, not particularly a tough martial artist. I'd rather be a smarter, smarter one, if that makes sense. That Perfect sense. Perfect. Sense. So do you remember your very first tournament? Kind of walk us through that a little bit. Yeah. I, I, uh, I drove down with a couple of buddies or teammates and, and it was in, I'm in Kansas and it was in Oklahoma, which is one state to the South. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, it, and I've been training for maybe a year and a half or so. And, and I, it was either the beginner's division or the advanced division. And that was it. Oh, I was wow. like, man, I thought it was like the intermediate division. So like, and the guy looked at me and said, did you come here to, to win a match or to get a good match? And I said, I want a good match. So I signed up for the advanced division. <laughs> wow. And, uh, and I don't, not to get super technical, but I, I shot in for a takedown. I got a takedown, but a common thing that happens when you do a crappy takedown like I did. is you get your head stuck in a guillotine Mm -hmm. and they didn't award me points for the takedown because he countered with an attack and so i popped my head out eventually and 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 started working and i was like oh what's i don't even have any points for my takedown and before i know it was over but (laughs) it wasn't that exciting (laughs) i think everybody remembers the first match because it's kind of a it's an interesting process like i remember your you know you remember your first day going into a class or your first match it's i think it's common for people i mean in the tournament half the people lose their first match right half of them right if there's 10 people five will lose right away and you got to think a lot of people have had a tournament before and so like if it's your first tournament the odds of losing your first match are really pretty good even you train hard you don't want to go that route but the the ability to bounce back and to and to keep training and to and to continue to enjoy the process of of learning the art i think are important so a typical tournament how many matches would you have in a day so jujitsu is interesting i think i had the most Eight to ten was probably the most I had in a, in a day, wow. and that would be that would be two different brackets in jujitsu and in, in nogi jujitsu submission wrestling. They often will do a no weight class uh, yep. division, and that's called absolute. And and I, and those are those are challenging. You, I mean, you kind of enter in, especially a guy. I'm getting bigger as I get older, but you know, back in my younger competing days. <laughs> You know, you don't you don't expect to win against you know somebody who's got fifty pounds on you, but you kind of they start you off with a person about the similar size, and you work your way up or work your way down, and uh, it's just good experience. So yeah, kind of just walk us through for you know maybe some of my listeners who've never you know, I've never actually gone through a full BJJ class. Like I said, I've done seminars and stuff, but just kind of walk us through a typical class. What can someone expect if they're going to go and try a BJJ school for the first time? What would they expect in a typical class? Typical class, uh, so. It's changed a lot. Like I was saying mm-hmm. uh, back back when I started, it was we were we were in there fighting hard and, and just I wasn't trying to get better. I was trying to win. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, it, it, anymore, you would I travel a decent amount and I like to train when I travel. 
and and schools have gotten a lot better. I would expect um, first thing if you show up a little early, you're going to see people joking around, having having fun, and and people uh, are close to each other and and they're longtime friends. And uh, it's kind of hard to just slide into that environment, but you, you want to see that people get along well. And typically there'll be a warm up portion, maybe some like jogging or some stretching, something like that. But then kind of the middle of the class, they do some technique. I think two or three moves is pretty common. And then uh, they'll spar afterwards. A lot of times they'll set a timer. And if you're new, the coach may pair you up with a more experienced person. It's, it's much safer for a new person to do some GSU with an experienced person right. versus uh, somebody who's, because just put yourself in, in the shoes of a, of a white belt. I guess I don't really wear shoes, but uh, <laughs> like me, none of my techniques work. And so suddenly, you know, Brian comes in and, and, and he looks tough and, and he's, 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 he's a martial artist and, and I got to get one of my moves to work on Brian. I'm going to do anything I can, you know, and, and that's not a safe way to train. So typically right. you'll get paired up with somebody who's got a little more experience who can control themselves and control you to a degree. And, uh, and you kind of get it too. My thing is I want us both to do jujitsu because jujitsu has a way like of control to where an experienced person can en- enable the less experienced person to not do any jujitsu. <laughs> they just do suffering. <laughs> And that's not productive for either person. So a lot of times, if it's your first time, they won't even let you roll. They just watch. And, and hopefully, if you do watch, you kind of get the vibe that the, you know, people are talking during during the rolling sessions. They're not you know, actively trying. It's not a fight and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. If they do let you roll, they'll probably let you roll with more, more advanced people. And if another big thing I tell people that, that are fairly new is ask questions. It, especially if you're getting your butt kicked. If, if it's like, if it's two or three minutes in and you've getting tapped out several times and, and you can hardly breathe, you need to start asking questions. That'll slow the person down and that'll put them into teaching where people love to teach. <laughs> nice. It'll be more enjoyable for you too. So now do you get the school you train at, do you guys ever do like cross training with other styles? Do you bring in instructors from other styles and, and do stuff like that? Or is it pretty much solely focused on, on BJJ? The I think the, you, I would say the core of the business is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, mm-hmm. but we, we do have we're really fortunate to have a lot of uh, people who kind of have migrated in. We just got a, a guy who, who moved into town, I guess. I don't know where from, but he's a black belt in judo. And it's like, he's, he's starting his own. He's going to teach judos. I think I'm on Monday evenings or something like that. Oh, that's really neat. Nice. And we, we've got several other kickboxing coaches and that sort of thing as well. But the, what keeps the doors open is the jujitsu side of the gym. Okay. Yeah, I know my, my traditional Taekwondo instructor, he's been running a, a open martial arts tournament for over 20 years. And about 15 years ago, he talked to our, the local BJJ instructor and we actually added a grappling division that's been going on for the last 15 years. So you have on, mm. one, on one half of the gym, we have basically the, you know, traditional Taekwondo and sparring and forms and breaking and weapons. And the other half of the gym, they bring up the wrestling mats and, and they do a jujitsu competition, which is kind of cool. <laughs> Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been it's been successful. There's been times where there's been you know 100 plus people wow. <laughs> competing. So it's good it's a good experience uh, to get. That's one thing. Like especially if you're just kind of starting out and you want to try your hand at competing, it's good experience to do that. Like something that people don't understand. Like uh, in, in jiu-jitsu, we're talking about wrestlers, you know, mm-hmm. because they're good at fighting on the ground. <laughs> but they get. If you wrestled all through high school, you've had hundreds of matches. Right. You stood across the mat from somebody who was trying to do something to you, you know, with the referee next to you, shook hands and competed hundreds of times. And in jiu-jitsu, you know, like I said, at the most, maybe 10 a day, you know, and that, that was a good day. I mean, that first time I did a tournament, I drove down, I drove two and a half hours for five minutes. Wow. <laughs> like, 
it, it doesn't compete with with wrestling and and what they are able to do and and like like the kids tournaments in any martial art if they are able to get a good amount of matches in i think that really helps like calm the nerves and helps them perform under stress yeah and that's changed too because i know the tournaments i used to go on go to in the 90s you know, you'd see people getting five six seven matches you know for stand-up martial arts versus now there's so many more people in it you know three might be considered a good one so it kind of depends too yeah. on just how many people show up and they have you know they have to fit everybody so you might not, you might not get as many as you thought you were going to yeah and, and i mean i would i thought you know like you you want to win you want to perform well but this this may not be your fight like mm-hmm. w- would you trade like all of your victories you know competition for one victory on the street like where it actually mattered to where life was on the line <laughs> like, right, that's your fight that's what you were training for and so any amount of of training up into that including tournaments that were wins or losses we're getting ready for that day that you know mistakes were made or whatever happened and it, it came down to, to making a, a life and death actions and, and okay that's that's the reason why you were training okay <laughs> and it was important yep. the tournament you know it's a good experience that's a great point none of us are making like a living on winning tournaments as far as <laughs> as far as me goes i guess that is true that is very true so and all your years do is is teaching ever something that you you've started doing has that become part of what you're doing i don't i let's see i I teach in a limited fashion as far as I have some, I mentioned, I don't do a ton of techniques. I, mm-hmm. I have a handful of techniques I do well. When, when, when the gym owner wants the techniques I do well, he says, Hey, show, show, show this. I, I do a couple of guard passes that, that are pretty technical that work pretty much on any type of guard. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'll show those, but he could ask me to show, I don't like, a type of like a daily heap of guard. I have no business teaching that. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. I don't have that broad spectrum of, of techniques. So I don't teach. I don't guess I don't teach for money. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I've taught seminars, but I don't have here locally. I'm part of a team. Okay. And, and when I could help the team by teaching something I'm good at, I'm more than happy to do that. And when I'm a student, I'm always a student. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I'm able to just sit back and absorb, I do that too. Okay. So then within seminars and stuff, how do you, how do you think your teaching styles changed over the years since maybe the first time you ever taught maybe a, a white belt something to your most recent seminar? How do you think that's changed? Let's see. That's a good question. <laughs> uh, you have to, you have to adapt your, you have to teach to the student. I think it's a, it's a big one. It's when you, when you're first starting to teach something, you, you kind of want to, to show them that you're good at it. You, you want to show something a little bit more fancy or flashy, but if the student can't pick that up, you're just showing them that you're good at something versus teaching down to the level that they are and, and really them walking out of there with something that they could use. I'll, I ask a lot of people like, Hey, what are you working on today? You know, if, if we're going to, if, if me and you are going to spar and you've been training for a while and I say, what are you working on? You, you might tell me, a triangle choke, or you might say everything, you know, but if you're working on triangle chokes, I guarantee you, you're going to get several triangle choke attempts on me in the role. And then we're going to like talk about that right, you know, towards the end of the round a little bit to clean those up if you can. Okay. So I, I, I think you got to, it's, it's hard. The Jiu-Jitsu has a problem with a lot of times we just have one class and we have beginners and advanced people trying to learn similar things. And sometimes that's tough. If, if somebody could find a, a gym that has a beginner's class, that's a lot easier to, to pick those fundamental techniques up. Definitely. Not learning some, you know, advanced leg entanglement inversion that I can't understand, but that, that really flexible young people play. 
your first day in jiu-jitsu, that's, that's not ideal. <laughs> you got to teach to the student, I think. So now in doing a seminar, is that a little more difficult when you're teaching a group of, say, 20 people versus just one-on-one? Is that a little more difficult to teach to the student? So I, I like to do a seminar that's themed Okay. Uh, versus I've been to both, and both are fine. Some people come in, they'll show a two-hour seminar, they'll show 20 techniques that don't have any, they're like, I'm going to show you this arm variation, and I'm going to show you this takedown, and let's do this. I'll teach a, a, a back attack seminar or a leg drag seminar, and that's it. And, and, and so that way I can start with, like my back attack seminar, is how we're going to take the back. I'm going to give you two ways. We're going to drill it for a while and get, get it down. And then once we get the back, we're going to work to the progression, uh, to the choke, and, and all the while keeping stability. And so I think it's really it's good for any student, but like the newer ones, they kind of need that broad spectrum first to understand what's going on. I don't, I mean, right. like if you're in your first month of jiu-jitsu taking the seminar, probably a bit overwhelming no matter what you're doing. Definitely. But I do like, and I often will pass it like a handout as far as here's what we did. Here's the, the outline of the techniques because it's hard to remember stuff, but I do enjoy teaching them. I think that, that you know, to see the, the kid, the students pick them up, <laughs> it's, uh, it's enjoyable. Yeah, I know I told you about that one open martial arts seminar we did uh, yeah. like 10 years ago and the, the BJJ person, I think it was, I think it was, I think it was either an hour and 15 or 90 minutes. I can't remember, but we worked on one technique for the whole time. And it was okay. so good. It was so by the end of it, we all had it down pretty decently. It was a pretty good. I, I still have the. I should find the video and send it to you. We still have it on video. But uh, I know what, do you remember what the technique was? <sighs> Man, it was over ten years ago. I know it. It it, it, it involved. <laughs> was it like a submission or? Was well, it, it, it ended with an armbar, but it was okay. It, I'm trying to remember it. I haven't watched that video in a while, but I know it was, you started kind of behind the person, and it was like faking which way you were going to go and then going the opposite direction and then grabbing the arm and falling into an arm bar, something, something to that effect. But I'll, okay. f- I'll find the video. I know I still have it on my computer somewhere because I recorded the whole weekend. So <laughs> it was cool. It, it, <laughs> it, cool. Yeah, it was cool to watch. I mean, like I said, that was, that was easily 10 years ago. I mean, I can't remember exactly when, but uh, it, it was, and everyone enjoyed it. I think that was out of all the ones we had, that was probably that one. And I think the Hopkito one were, were the two that had the most attendance. So out of all the ones huh. we had, so that one had, I think that, I think there was probably 20 to 30 people in it, that one. So, wow, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. It was a fun weekend. So, <laughs> well, having, having, having fun is important. I mean, exactly. <laughs> it, it, I always, I like, especially like the new people, if you're nervous or you're scared, like you're not learning, you, you have to be at a, at, a, at a comfortable place as far as being able to learn something in order to actually have it stick. Yeah. This stuff is hard. <laughs> and, and if I'm yelling at you, or whatever, like it's hard to learn in that environment. But if I'm making like positive corrections or encouragements, that's a learning environment. And I think that's that's one thing that a lot of gyms have kind of moved towards as far as creating an environment that is really conductive to learning. Yeah, it, it's kind of if you, you talk to a lot of the old school guys from like the 50s, 60s, 70s. I mean, it's it's completely different. I mean, you you most people nowadays couldn't handle it. I mean, even just some of the stuff I heard about in the 80s. Even I mean, even looking back to when I first started. You know, my current instructor in 94, I mean, if he taught classes like he did that, then he wouldn't have any students right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's, it was, it's, it's changed. And it's just because society's changed, unfortunately. You know, it's, it's, you know, I still, I still miss some of that hardcore stuff, but I realized too, like I said, I, if I'd be the only one there. <laughs> yeah. I think, but there's room for like competition classes. Exactly. And, and classes that you, like, we, like open that as a thing at Jiu-Jitsu is like, come in and we're going to be fighting all the, the entire time. Nice. And uh, they're pretty hard roles and that sort of thing. But that's kind of, you need to enjoy the process before that becomes a, 
I think that, that you're going to, you're going to get there and, and even enjoy the tough roles that don't go real well for you. Yeah. No. And that's one thing we used to do too. And back in the nineties, he doesn't do it anymore, obviously because of schedules, but we used to have an open gym on Saturdays at our Taekwondo school and it was noon, yeah. noon to four every Saturday. And it was, anyone was welcome, not just our students, people from other styles, people, anyone that wanted to come in, learn something, practice something, share knowledge, you know, train stuff. And it was so cool. <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah. yeah. I, w- I wish it was still That's done. good for the whole city. Exactly. I mean, I don't know the exact number now, but when I, I initially had this idea for this podcast as a radio show years ago, I tried pitching it to a few different radio stations I worked at about a weekly martial arts talk show and none of them thought it would work. But at one point, I think it was 2007 or 2008, I went and did all the research. And I think at the time within about a 30 mile radius of where I am, there was 31 or 32 different martial arts schools. So, I mean, it's wow. a lot of them out there. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, and I don't know, right. I honestly don't know if it's more or less right now. I haven't checked that in a while. I know we've had some new ones that have popped up. We've had some that have closed and stuff, but we have numerous styles and we have, you know, anything from you know, BJJ to judo to Kung Fu. We have boxing, we have, you know, we have fencing, we have Japanese Aido. We have, I mean, it's just wow. all kinds of different styles and stuff. And I'd love to start doing that big open thing again and getting it all together. I just don't know if I can pull it off again, but I might yeah. try. And it's nice to get the connections as far as like, yeah, you learn stuff and things like that too. But you learn that the, the gym three or four miles away, they're not jerks. Yeah. Just like you, they like martial arts, you know, like it's, <laughs> and, and you might, you might learn some moves or whatever, but, but you recognize that person and you'll, you'll see them in the store and you'll say, hi, like you're making, making more friends. It, I really like it when, when communities kind of work together and, and you know, everybody has a business to run and, right. and that sort of thing, but and there's we're some, all on the same team. Yeah. Definitely. And there's some that they treat it as competition, obviously to a point it is competition, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've had people come in to our school and visit and ask questions and they're like, Oh, you know, this might not be the school for you, but you should go check out this one. I've actually sent people away just because what they, what they said they were looking for didn't fit what we were doing. <laughs> Sure. So, and it's like, they've appreciated yeah. that. And I've had other instructors like, did you send me a student? I'm like, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. 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 And they, they respect you for that too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I'm curious, kind of That's tell cool. the story. How, how did the podcast start? Where did the idea come from and, and kind of what, uh, talk a little bit through that journey of the podcast for you guys. Yeah. It started, man, I, I thought I looked it up earlier. I didn't write it down. I've got over 500 episodes, Yeah, wow. but it, it started with me and a buddy who we would do. Friday night training and it was like super small. It would be like three or four guys. Mm-hmm. And and then we would end up after class, like, hey, good night, everybody. We just walk out and we would just chat in the parking lot about jujitsu for like 45 minutes. And then like, what are we doing? <laughs> we gotta go home. And and after like a few of those, like, let's record this and put it up on a you know, on online. And 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 like I'm glad you have a podcast, not a radio show, because I wouldn't be able to listen to your radio show. Exactly. Your podcast has global reach now. Yep. And it gets archived. And you mean I think about it, but people who you've interviewed, like some of those people are gonna people are gonna want to research them in the future. And uh, you, you have like documented information about them. You know, it's kind of nice. Like you always think of like back in the day in the you know, 70s or 60s or whatever, like the martial arts. Well, in 40 years, this is we back in the day. <laughs> and I don't think people are going to be researching me, but you've, you've you know, interviewed some pretty impressive people who have some really impressive stories to share. And uh, it's, you're part of that story now. And, and I don't know what question you asked me, but I think I changed the topic. <laughs> Just kind of, kind of how, how it started and a little bit oh, yeah. how, how, so the, started, how the journey has been and stuff. Yeah, I started the, it's called the BJJ Brick Podcast, and, and uh, it's just kind of a way to talk about jiu and then I started interviewing people, kind of like 
like this. And then uh, it, it was kind of fun to interview people who I thought were interesting in the community and, and to share that. And, and kind of like you're finding out people will respond to you. You know, you have a successful show and, and uh, you, you send somebody a message and they'll ding, they surprise you. And, oh, they were, they're, we're doing this. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and and, uh, and now I just, it's kind of like, a, I kind of got away from that. My schedule changed and it, it's a little different now, but I just do like a little five minute show almost every day, five days a week. Wow. And uh, just talk about, like I have kind of a theme for the week usually, and I just kind of discuss a, a topic and a little short five minute episodes. So it, uh, it's, it's, you know, along with the punches, punches, I guess, but yeah, it's, it's, it's like, like, like this, it's a, it's a labor of, of love for the community. I, I do enjoy it, but it's a decent amount of work, but, uh, yeah, there's definitely work involved, <laughs> but yeah, like you said, I, I we, we do it cause we enjoy it. And, and, and I'll, you know, with guests I've had, I've had many where I get no response. I've only had a couple, sure. a couple people flat out say no. And I've had two people want to charge me to be on the show. So I had that too. And I'm like, I'm not, I had, I had that. I was like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I've, I've, had, <laughs> I've had people much bigger than you that were glad to do it. I'm not going to pay you. Yeah. Yeah, one guy actually wanted 150 bucks for every half hour. Yeah, no. <laughs> like even That's if, incredible. even if I had a big paying sponsor, I don't know if I'd pay a guest. It's just, you know, I think the, the reason that they, they, they're wanting to do it like it, like if they get a payout it should be in providing good quality information mm-hmm. and getting their name out a little bit for their sport or the martial art or, or what they represent that's the payout it shouldn't yeah i i had a guy um, i interviewed him it went pretty well and then uh later on he was in the olympics and i messaged nice. him back and he's like he's like yeah it's gonna I'm, my time is super valuable right now it's gonna cost a lot of money like i don't need that time <laughs> <laughs> nice no big deal man <laughs> that's cool As I, I did have one person say no i actually contacted him before i launched the show because i told you i had like 22 episodes done ahead of time and he said no and then after the show had been on about six months i sent him another message with a link and he's like you know i don't really have time blah 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 blah. and then about five minutes later he must have clicked the link he emails me back he goes you had an impressive guest list how does next week work <laughs> so that's funny. Like, cool definitely <laughs> And it was a fun, it was a lot of fun talking to him. So yeah, it just, okay. it's fun. And like I said, I, my, my goal is to have as many people with different backgrounds, different styles on here as I can, and just letting him tell their story and, and talking about martial arts and fun stuff. So yeah, you do a good job. There's, I couldn't, I Thank couldn't, you. uh, like you have that broad amount of knowledge of other arts. Like I, I don't have that. It's yeah. nice. It's nice that somebody like you is, is doing this. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Like you just mentioned, you don't have the broad knowledge. You, you've pretty much focused on BJJ your whole martial arts career. What advice would you give someone who is looking to get involved in martial arts? They've never done it before. And just maybe some tips. What, what should they look for in a school? What should they look for in an instructor? I think people are nervous. I mean, if you like, think about, like so if you're going to start a new job, you're going to have a little bit of nerves and a little butterfly. But no one at the new job is going to punch you or choke you. Like, so <laughs> Hopefully. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah hopefully. <laughs> well, actually, you get a good lawsuit out of the deal. There you but, go. But, like, so they're going to be nervous. And I always tell people with jujitsu that, that are going in. Like, first off, if, if a friend of mine wants to go, I do my best to be there when they're there the first day. Yeah. I want them to have, like, a positive experience. But if they're training at a different gym or they're, you know, some pod, uh, a listener that's asking about it, 
your I think your main focus for your first day, yes, go in there and watch a class and see what it's like and see if it looks like it'll be something you would enjoy and, and or what you're looking for. But your first day of actually being on the mat, people are trying to like figure out what technique to learn and what to do and how to fight or like I think the main goal should be to make a friend or two because the second day can be just as hard as the first day. Yes. And so if you go in there and you know, you know, I meet Brian and he seemed cool and he was helpful and he didn't he didn't like yeah, he was better at this than me because I'm new at it. You know, I, why would I be good at something I'm I'm totally new at? But he was helpful and he made me feel like I was a, like I could be good at this, you know. So go in there and be friendly and try to make a friend or two. Remember some names. And I always tell people because they're nervous. It's going to be like a fight club and it's going to be they're going to go home with a broken nose and they'll yep. be, their arms are going to be snapped. They're like, this is a business. Like they have to earn their business. If you go in there and they don't treat you well, they don't they don't treat you like you like you think you need to be uh, like a customer. Look at the next gym. You know, there's a, there's a lot of martial arts gyms and they need to earn. In my opinion, like they need to earn their business. They need to treat their students well. Um, and I'm not saying that they don't need to have. Like, I'm not trying to flip the script on like. No treating. Does that make sense? Oh, perfect sense. Yes. No, nope, that's a good answer. I think that takes that makes the nervousness a little bit, a little bit less mm-hmm. as far as what what they're having to. They're not going. You're not going to be good at it. No matter what. If I if I were to walk into a boxing gym, I would be a horrible. Like I don't, I wouldn't go in there with the idea that oh I'm going to try to be decent. No, I'm going to be horrible at boxing. I'm going to be horrible at any kicking. Or I can't. I think I can kick above the waist. I'd probably fall down. Like why would I be good at that? So somebody who wants to try jujitsu, like people ask me that that are fellow firefighters ask me, like, hey, you like, I think I'd be good at it. Like, no, <laughs> not not the first day. Of course you're not going. Why would you be good at playing? You're up north. Why would you? Why would I be good at playing hockey if I've never done it before? Because new. You're going to have to. You're going to have to be not good at it for a little while. Nobody expects you to be good at it. Like even the the big tough guys. You know, I'm sure you've sparred with guys who are very muscular and yep. and and like that. Like, are they good at it? No, because they don't know it yet. They just have a fast or strong like like a big you know strong truck or a fast vehicle that they, is their the tools. But without having any knowledge how to use it, you're not going to be good at it until you learn that. Exactly. And nobody expects you to be like amazing on your first day. Go in there as a student. If the instructor expects you to be amazing your first day, it's probably not the school for you. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. So I know we, we touched on, on this next question a little bit, but uh, kind of what are your thoughts then on, on MMA and the UFC? And are you a fan? You know, kind of like the evolution of MMA from 93 till now. What are your thoughts on it? Man, I'm not really a, a sports fan of anything oh, as far okay. as like. I don't watch I don't watch a lot of sports. So I used to be able to follow MMA when they would have when the UFC or Pride would have an event every three or four months. Yep. Because that's easy to follow for a guy like me that doesn't keep up with it. I would much rather just go train than to watch somebody else do MMA. Right. Even live, I I, I get so much so much joy out of, out of getting on the mat and, and getting good hard technical rolls in. I've been doing jiu-jitsu for twenty years and I was rolling with that purple belt the other day. And he's he's a very good wrestler. And I put him on his back, and I knew he just wanted to stand up. I knew he just wanted to pop up. And I have a, a couple of techniques I do to keep them from just standing up. And I like my goal for now as a black belt is to keep this guy on his back. And then he faked a triangle choke on me, and I defended the triangle choke, and he stood right up. Oh, wow. And I was like, I've never had that happen. It wasn't Dang. even hard. It wasn't super, but it was just like twenty years. And in and in ten seconds, this kid stood right back up. Like that was amazing. It was so, it was, it was just fun. I, yeah. I enjoy like the riddle of, of jujitsu and I got tricked mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, like, well, that didn't work at all. I got to try to put him on his back again, yeah. but 
I, it's just fun. I'd rather, so I, like, I guess the, your question about the, the modern UFC or whatever, like it's entertainment. Those guys are freak athletes. Mm-hmm. They, like they are, that's not me. I've got on the mat with, with people who we have several professional athletes at, at my gym. Um, I've been on the mat with, with several, you know, like guys from the UFC or whatever. Those guys, this is our job. I have a, I have a job. You have a job. Yep. <laughs> it's not fighting people, but, and they're also good at it as far as being like athletically gifted. Right. I always like learning. I like to learn martial arts from people who are good at teaching and not from people who are necessarily good at doing it because especially yep. like for jujitsu, the people who are at the top of the food chain, it's easy for them. They had, they pick it up easier. They do it better. They, you show me a technique once, and I now have exposure to it. And you show it to me three or four times after that, I can maybe show somebody else or maybe kind of do it in a slow manner. It takes me a while to learn something. You show one of these freak athletes that one time and they'll go do it to somebody. It's like <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> like, they're just, it's a different, it's interesting watching the change in the UFC, but they do have to put butts in the seat and they yeah. do have to, to make it. And I, and I know jujitsu, uh, I'd much rather watch the jujitsu tournament, but it is hard to watch it. If you don't know what's going on. It's, it's really confusing. And it doesn't sell as it's not as violent looking. Judo is a prettier sport yeah. as far or martial art to watch than than jujitsu as far as like just the performance of the athletes. But I like jujitsu, <laughs> but I, I'd rather do jujitsu than watch it. <laughs> True. Yeah, and I'm the same way. I used I used to watch the UFC all the time. I used to never miss one, and now it's like they're weekly events. <laughs> I I probably haven't sat and watched a full one in at least five years. So, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and I used it, to judge them too. Like, you know, I used to go to live ones all the time. I was judging at least one or two events a month, and and it's just since I stopped judging, I like I said, it's five six years. The last time I probably watched a full UFC event. So when they judge them, I always thought it'd be better if they would let them know who was up or down, and that way to give a little. I, I know they don't think they do that, but oh, like after each uh, round to give a little bit of yeah, like give a little pressure to the guy who's losing because it nothing is worse than thinking you're winning and then you're actually down. You need to pick it up. You're now you're in desperation mode. That's not a bad idea. I don't think they do that. No, I mean, yeah, it's not a bad idea because everything else, any other martial arts event, most of them, they have the scoreboard there. You can see it, which, you know, yeah, Part of me is a fan of that. Part of me is not. Cause like, you know, I have also, I've watched many sparring matches where someone's up 20 to seven and they literally spend the whole time just trying to protect their lead instead of trying to actually score more points. <laughs> and a lot of times it backfires. Yeah. So, so I, I see both ways. Definitely. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> cool. So, yeah. so here's one for you. Who would you put on your personal Mount Rushmore of martial arts? Personal Mount Rushmore of martial arts. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be four, but you know, maybe two, maybe three. If you have four, that's fine. But so the I think that the tallest jujitsu person I could think of would be Hodger Gracie. He's like Mount Rushmore is tall, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, so I'll talk about Hodger for a minute. Like, no, just uh, people you just admire, you look up to in, in martial I arts. I think he's and, on the yeah, and I'm joking, but he's on yeah. the, he's he's an amazing person as far as everybody knows. Hoys. I think you have to be a little bit more interested in Hodger, but Hodger uh, did the same thing to everybody. Hodger would, he would either, he would, he would get to mount, which is not easy to do. Mm-hmm. And then he would choke you. Okay. Everybody for okay. years. It's, it's, like, it's like Ronda Rousey times, you know, 10, as far as like the, the length of time he accomplished this wow. uh, to the best people ever. So, and he's like, you know, I think he's over six, he's probably six, four, six, five. So he's not Everest ish. Yeah. We all still have. <laughs> so I'm always, as a podcaster, I re- really started to appreciate coaches and, and what they do versus just the athletes. And, and I think Jiu-Jitsu is fortunate. We have a guy named John Danaher. Um, he was George St. Pierre's grappling coach. Probably the easiest way to, to yep. tell you who he is. But mm-hmm. he has really kind of been 
sharing a lot of his techniques and strategy and that sort of thing with the Jiu-Jitsu community. And he's kind of made some pretty good changes as far as even to my own game, as far as like, you know, the techniques that I, the strategies I'm implementing and the techniques I'm doing and what I'm trying to do. <laughs> so he's a big one. He's, I mean, as far as coaching goes, he's probably the biggest name in the game right now. And he'd be the Everest. Okay. Very cool. So in your 20 years of martial arts, is there a philosophy you've learned that rises to the top? One that you keep coming back to that's just really important to you? Philosophy. So people do these things, do martial arts for different reasons. Mm-hmm. I had a, uh, one of my listeners was, was traveling through town and I don't know how he, through family ties or he had ties to my old wrestling coach. Oh, wow. And he, he's like, I'm coming to, I'm coming to come to your gym and beat me up. Okay, cool. And, uh, and he, and I walk in, he goes, I have a guest and he, he, pan, he shows me over to the side. I'm like, it's like coach Kilmer, like <laughs> retired wrestling coach, you know, and, and here he is watching us do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu for the, the class session. And, and I, you know, about midway through or whatever, I, I come over and sit with, with coach and I'm talking with him and, and I don't know, like wrestling practice is kind of as close to MMA practice as you're going to get. Like it is intense. It is, it is wind sprints. It is nonstop. It is, it is not fun, <laughs> but that's, that's wrestling practice for high school kids. Yep. But, um, I go over and sit next to him and he's, he's looking and he's kind of watching what we're doing in technique wise. And he's like, some of, some of you guys are working really hard and some of them are just here because they want to be here. And then hearing that from him was kind of like, no, that's, that's true. Like not all the students there want to be, you know, the ex champion. Some of them just had a horrible day at work and they just got to get somewhere where their buddies are and they want to get, you know, they know if they get sweating, they get the endorphins going, they're going to feel better. Right. Um, so just kind of, I don't, I don't know what kind of a philosophy that is, but, but we all have different reasons for being there. Mm-hmm. And those reasons definitely, they change over the years. And, and for me, I like, like whether to go train or not today, like I know there's a room with 20 or 30 of my friends in it. They're going to be training hard. They're going to be having a good time. They're going to be telling jokes and laughing and choking me. And maybe I'll choke <laughs> them too. <laughs> but, uh, and, and that's my reason now for going is just because I enjoy the process and I enjoy the, the people. And, and, and looking at like a newer person, you know, maybe they're here because they're, they're scared that they're going to be getting in. Someone's going to beat them up right. and they're there for a little different reason, but we all have our own stories. We all have our own problems off the mat, but we come there and, and it's just, it should be a place where people can grow. Great answer. All right. We got a few fun ones to wrap it up. So first one, favorite martial arts book. Martial arts book. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, I, I talked a little bit before the thing and we yep. talked about books a little bit. I'm going to have to go with a, with a book that has helped me as a martial artist and as a teammate, it's called the culture code okay. and you could get it at any library or it's, it's a, it's by a guy named Daniel Coyle. He's a New York Times bestselling author. He basically, and it's not about martial arts, but it is about martial arts and the fact that it talks about what successful teams do and how they make the teammates feel. And it will help you, like, if your teammate goes out there and they, they lose, like, how to deal with that, how to help them feel like they're still part of the team, how to help them grow further down the road. It's just about how people always talk about, like, having goals and, you know, hitting hitting the next thing for successful. Or, I, you know, like, I'm working on a certain type of choke. I've been working on it for months, and I want to get better at that. But really the main thing is the culture of, of the place you're training is really important. That will enable everyone to have success. And he outlines the book is well written mm-hmm. as far as it tells interesting stories and it'll hook you. <laughs> nice. I recommend, I've read all of his books. I recommend him, but that one in particular for 
any gym owner out there, anybody who's, who's trying to teach a class, I think that's a good one. Cool. I will add that to my list. All right. Favorite martial arts video game. Were you a gamer at all growing up? Video game. I played, we had a Nintendo. <laughs> nice. I don't even know. I can't think of any. We had the Street Fighter. We, I, we, had Kombat. we had Street Fighter. We had Street Fighter. And I remember, you know, I'd, I'd play against my brother. And, I, you know, we, you know, win half the time. Mm-hmm. And then I played against the kid who actually knew how to play the game. <laughs> and I could not hit that kid. I, <laughs> nice. my, my guy would just get murdered. I was like, oh, he's good at this. I didn't know you could be good at this. <laughs> but cool. I don't I don't know if that's my yeah, that's the game I played. Okay, that's a good one. All right. Favorite martial arts TV show. TV show. Any that you watch or used to I, watch? Or... I no, I don't think I have you have you, have you checked out Cobra Kai yet at all? Or <laughs> No, I, I haven't seen Cobra Kai. I've I've to be honest, the only TV show I can remember watching as an adult is the office. I guess Dwight Schrute <laughs> is doing uh <laughs> Some kind of martial art. That's but right. I forgot about that episode. Yeah. I don't, I, I hate, that's not really, I guess I just it gives you a warning, like, don't be Dwight Schrute at work. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But I got nothing on that one. Man. I don't, I'm sure there's some good shows okay. out there. Okay. And how about a favorite martial arts movie? Favorite martial arts movie. Man, there's a lot of good martial arts movies. Yeah. You know, like, what I think about quite a bit more than I probably should is the, like, the Matrix. Remember when they, like, yep. plugged in the back of his head and it, like, downloaded him? kung fu or something he's like i just i know kung fu now <laughs> i feel like like over the the course of the last five years the quality of instruction for jiu-jitsu have gotten so much better that it's like those kids get to tap that thing in the back of their head and learn jiu-jitsu so much faster i tell like a lot of the times blue so we go white belt then blue belt and it takes about two years to get your blue belt all of the blue belts today are better than i was in a blue belt really at, at my gym anyway it's like okay like they get to train with four or five black belts every every day. I got the train. I met I met a black belt when I got my blue belt. Like that's <laughs> wow. This the environment is so much different, and I think that it's just is the it's not like we're doing we are doing some different techniques, but like the the way that we're teaching and the way that we're sharing knowledge, we're handing over like systems versus single techniques. Like you said, you learned a type of an arm bar in that seminar. Well, you know, if you if you got proficiency of that armbar, I'm going to try to show you as many ways to funnel a match to that armbar position to where you can get to your 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 place you're good at. Okay. And 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 back in back in the day, it was like here's a move, here's a move, here's another different move, and, and there was no linkage as far as getting things to combine together. Nice. At least that was that, that probably was my fault more than anything, but <laughs> <laughs> I think Matrix as far as getting to plug something in and. And I'm sure other martial arts have had a, a bit of a, a change as far as like the best instructors hopefully are sharing their knowledge with the community right. and, and helping to get better. Like I said, like John Danaher, probably the best grappling coach is he's, he's sharing stuff with the community and, and really teaching behind like not just what he's in, but why they, his students do certain things. It's really pretty interesting okay. and helpful. Cool. So have you seen a good martial arts movie that actually shows good BJJ in it? Is there any out there that you would consider that it's actually realistic and looks good on screen? So I haven't. I know there's been some MMA ones. I don't so, know if there's been any that are specifically BJJ though. It's so hard because I don't know. Maybe you being a, a person who has done a lot more striking, mm-hmm. like when you watch a fight scene, do, do you constantly think that, oh, they're not actually getting hit? You know what I mean? Like, do you see that happening? Like I might watch a fight scene and like, oh, this guy's getting drilled, you know, like oh, a nice jab cross combo or whatever. You're like, oh, he didn't really hit him. 
or why would he i could identify fake grappling immediately okay, okay. and it doesn't it just looks different like even you mentioned ronda rousey she would show these highlight footage of her sparring with uh, i forget who it was one of the gracies mm-hmm. she was sparring with him and, and she was like getting arm bars on someone like like they're not rolling they're not sparring <laughs> They're, they're making a video and it was like totally obvious yeah. to, to somebody who's got several years of grappling experience. But so I, it's just hard and they have to be more exciting. So much of jujitsu is like a centimeters game and whether the choke is tight or not, it's really hard to tell. It's just not a good movie. Okay. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. That's a, that's an interesting question. Have you? Yeah. Um, well, like I said, I'm, I don't know enough about BJJ to know. I mean, like I know like the movie red belt, I've, I've been told by a lot of people who do BJJ that that's a really good movie. Um, I okay, actually haven't, haven't, haven't that seen way. that one yet, but I don't, and there's been some MMA ones that have had some BJJ in it, you know, like here comes the boom and stuff like that and some other ones. But, you know, as far as like the stand up stuff, that's one where I don't necessarily, when I see the fight scenes, I don't necessarily think that they're not hitting them, but I just, I like ones that look realistic. They're like, you know, I'll see one and I'll be like, all right, I know that style enough to know that that's how it would really go down. And that looks cool. And other ones are just, you know, too, fl- I mean, I like, I like the ones that are flashy fight scenes, but I also like the ones, you know, like, have you seen the born identity movies? One of my go-tos is in the Born Identity movie with uh, with yeah. uh, Matt Damon. The one scene in the in the park where he's sleeping on the bench and the two cops come and start talk- telling him he can't sleep there, and he like takes them both out in like ten seconds. <laughs> that's that's one of my most favorite realistic fight scenes in a movie because it's like I, I recognized almost every move he did, and I know that could actually be possible. So <laughs> that's kind of when I view fight scenes. That's that's what I'm looking at. <laughs> Do you really? That, that's just me. That's is it him doing it, you think? Or is it is it a stunt person? That I don't know. I didn't research that Is Matt that Damon enough. doing those things? Yeah. I'd, I'll have to find out. I don't know for sure. I know there's stunt doubles in it, but I also I know. I know, like, Keanu Reeves is training. Yes. Yeah, no, he's the Keanu Reeves. It's almost a like a, it'd be a performance double versus a, it'd be like a performance double versus a stunt double. Cause, True. Like, it's not really going to injure Matt Damon, but can he actually physically do the things that, that his character is doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you look, a lot of martial arts movies, there's guys who, who have never done it in their lives. It used to be where if it was a martial arts movie, they would hire a martial artist. And nowadays they'll hire actors and they'll tra- yeah. train them for six months to make it at least look like it's good on screen. <laughs> so it's... it's yeah. That's Do you think that the movie industry has a positive influence nowadays on, on the martial arts community? as far as getting people to be interested in it? For the most part, yes. But, I mean, I look back over, you know, whether it's in my lifetime or guests I've talked to, there's been a, a few, like, key moments that really helped the martial arts industry. Yeah, Enter the Dragon, Bruce Lee. That was one of the first big ones, the big martial arts boom. And then you jump ahead about 10, 11 years, and it's the Karate Kid. You know, the Karate Kid, there was so much growth in martial arts schools in America after that. Then you jump ahead about five or six years and it's the Ninja Turtles and the Power Rangers. And then you, we haven't really had much other than like the UFC. That wasn't really a movie. That was more, you know, the UFC has had a major impact over the last almost 30 years now because of it. But I don't know if there's been any specific movies since like the, you know, Power Rangers or Ninja Turtles in like 90, 91 that have really impacted it that much. I know like Cobra, yeah. Cobra Kai, I've heard from some people, they've instructors that have had people come in because of that. And uh, some of the people who are watching Cobra Kai and go, going back and rewatching the original Karate Kids and stuff like that. So, but I, I don't, I don't think we've had that big of an impact in almost 30 years, which you know, we had that many in a, like 20 years and then nothing since then. So hmm. it's just my opinion. <laughs> we see, I think sometimes we see like a negative effect with some of our athletes. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
trying to act like MMA fighters as far as like personality wise. Yeah. Because like the average, the average UFC fan is not a martial artist. Exactly. And so they can get away with being like rude or disrespectful and you know, showboating and that sort of thing. But the average jujitsu fan that's watching these jujitsu athletes compete, they do jujitsu. And so being rude to your opponent, uh, disrespectful, that just doesn't fly. That doesn't, I mean, some people do it and get away with it, but like, you're disrespecting somebody who who has worked just as hard as, as anybody else. Martial artists don't like to disrespect stuff as well. And I think that some of the the competitors want to kind of get that showboat kind of thing going on. And it's sometimes it works okay, but sometimes it just kind of flies in the face. And it's just like you can get away with that in MMA because the fans aren't aren't martial artists, but real martial artists appreciate people who respect their opponents. I think yeah. most of the time. Yeah, and I and I've seen complete from one end of the spectrum to the other. I've seen supposedly high, high re, highly respected instructors try to pick fights because they thought their student got screwed out of a point in a tournament or something. And it's like, dude, what are you teaching your students right now? You know, <laughs> I've, I've actually seen that happen, and and I've seen you know complete opposite. So it's unfortunately even people who study martial arts for long periods of time, some of them are. If you're a jerk, you're a jerk. <laughs> martial, yeah. martial arts might not be able to change that, but for the most part, majority of the people I've met throughout my 38 years in martial arts have been good people, and I've. When I started the podcast, you know, the whole thing was I wanted to get have a wide variety of guests, not just not just celebrities. Not you know, I wanted people that no one's ever heard of. And you know, I actually went back and interviewed my original instructors, my instructor from 1984, my instructor from That's 1990. Cool. Yeah, so and I still kept in contact with them and chatted with them and stuff, and it was fun to do that. And and uh, for the most part, they've they've, with the exception of the one horrible instructor I had in college that. I compare to John Kreese from Karate Kid. Every other, you know, instructor I've dealt with for the most part and most people I've met have been really good people. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it helped. I mean, it's important to have, I mean, it's, they are influential people in, in the lives of their students. Yeah, and that's the thing. When you see a bad one, you're like, how can you do that in front of your students? How can you act like, like I said, the one guy, it was, yeah. a, it was an instructor from Canada who was down here at one of our tournaments and, and he thought his student should have won and she got second and he just started freaking out and tried picking fights with other judges. And it's like, dude, you need to leave. Seriously. <laughs> like I guarantee that there's a lot more people here that have been doing this longer than you that will step in and back up these people. If you try anything, so you might just want to cool off and leave. <laughs> so man, that's crazy. Yeah. There's only, to me, there's only one reason to fight somebody. It's because they're going to fight me. <laughs> exactly. Self-defense. Like, I don't fight because you hurt my feelings. I don't fight because you were disrespectful. There's so many ways to lose a fight. Even if you win, like I go to jail, I can mm -hmm. get arrested. I can lose my job. I can get sued. Yep. Like I can win all the actual fights and still lose big. Not to mention everybody has weapons and I don't, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> only reason why I would, I'd much rather run away or just, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, to make a fight. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I started martial arts because I got bullied when I was a kid. That was the whole reason. And my whole plan was when I was younger, I was going to get really good and I was going to go beat up those people that picked on me. And of course, I never did that. I mean, I've, since I started martial arts, I've been in probably what I would consider two fights ever since I started martial arts. And, and that's, you know, starting back from 1984. <laughs> so, Man. so yeah, it's, you know, once you get to the point where you know you can handle yourself and you know you don't have to use it, it's, it's a big difference. Yeah. If you get in for the if, scary, yeah, but. if you get in for the wrong reason, it's fine as long as the reason changes. <laughs> if if you get yeah. a good, good instructor, there's other instructors. If I might have ended up with the wrong instructor, I might have gone up and picked a fight with those guys who picked on me when I was younger. So <laughs> luckily, I now, ended I'm up sure they were. Yeah, I'm sure they were jerks <laughs> to you, but 
I think about everybody who picked on me or was a bully to me, I'm sure they had horrible home lives. Yeah. Listening to some of the stuff they would say, you know, not necessarily to me, but they would talk about like, man, those kids go home and get beat up way worse than that. They're going to beat me up or, Mm -hmm. you know, like, that's just, I just, as an adult, I kind of feel bad for those kids, but exactly like at the time I was scared of them and they were mean and I wanted them to go away, but. Well, it's a good, it's just, great, great. It's a kid in a tough situation that's taking it out the wrong way. But. Yep. Well, Byron, I, I want to thank you so much. This has been so much fun. I've loved having you on the show. I loved hearing about your, your, your journey in martial arts. And, and I will put links out there for your, your podcast and anything else you want me to and hopefully get, some, get you some new listeners that way. But it, it's, been, it's been such fun and, and a pleasure chatting with you. Yeah, you're great. I, I, like I said, I, I mean, it's, you're providing a service to the community, and, and, and I'm happy to be a small part of that. But uh, I, I appreciate the variety of arts you've covered, and it's I'm definitely a fan of the show and listen to several of the episodes. Like, it's nice to kind of get that broader spectrum of, of the martial arts world than, than I have been getting. So, Brian, I'm added to the list <laughs> as far as the, a, a fan it. of the show. So, you nice. a great job, man. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist. We hope you'll join us every week for a brand new episode with a different martial artist telling their story. If you enjoy the show, be sure to leave us a review. Also, be sure to check out our website at everydaymartialartist.com. There you can find all of our episodes and contact us to suggest guests and ask questions. Again, thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist, and we'll see you next week.